0: Today we are focusing on money worries and debt issues and how Christians Against Poverty is on a mission to help many families through debt counselling and community groups. Welcome everyone to our 29th in our series of podcasts brought to you by Good Thinking, London's digital mental wellbeing service which provides round the clock mental wellbeing support for those living or working in London. This is Sonia Etatwani at Good Thinking, and in this podcast, our clinical director, Dr. Richard Graham, is in discussion with John Taylor, Debt Centre Manager at Christians Against Poverty, and his client Sadie. We all know when it comes to debt and money worries that feelings turn to dread, and those unopened letters can start to mount up. In this episode, we listen into the worries about debt, about reaching out for help, and knowing that there is so much more support available than you can imagine. You may even think your situation is impossible, but there is hope. Over to you, Richard, John and Sadie.
1: Thank you, Sonia. And thank you, John and Sadie, for joining us today. John, you're a debt centre manager with Christians Against Poverty with a great deal of experience of, of supporting people with money, worries and debt issues. I guess a lot of people, when they woke up this morning, might have had money worries kind of in the front of their mind, making them feel anxious or troubled. And we know it can have a huge impact on mental health. But for others, it's kind of lurking somewhere else, perhaps towards the back of their mind. I wonder, John, if you could tell us something about the different ways money worries or debt issues can affect people, and perhaps particularly in terms of their mental health. A good question about the money worries, because they do... Manifest
2: in, in different ways. Working in the front line with those that are in unmanageable debt, I do tend to see the more severe manifestations of, of mental health and money worry. I would typically see depression and people that are very very anxious. So I speak to them on the phone and you can see in their voice, you can tell in their mannerisms, but it's not always on the phone. Um, To be fair, just to give you some context, it it used to be face-to-face. That was one of the great things about our service. And hopefully it will be again fairly soon, but obviously because of COVID, things have changed slightly in terms of our model. But it still is an effective debt service. So you would see the anxiety and the depression. You would see the tension within the family, or at least they'd be telling you about arguments that they would have. One lady had some hair loss it literally was falling out um when she was asleep and um i suppose particularly because of her ethnicity i think um her hair was really really such an important thing to her and so to have that falling out was was devastating absolutely devastating a lady I spoke to this week, she suffers with with not not eating because she's so worried, and so she will um, have weight loss, and she needs her friends to come and tell her to eat food. Otherwise, she just doesn't think about it because she's so consumed uh, with worry. the the obvious things, the things that I just I see straight away is that clients can't open letters, or they they throw the letters away, and these are the letters from creditors, uh, people that you know, they owe money to, and you just see straight away that there's that there's that inability to to engage another lady that i spoke to recently she uh, is i suppose quite consumed with shopping um she doesn't spend lots of money she's very careful at going to the to the right sites and, and getting the bargains but nonetheless there's, there's that retail therapy aspect so yeah it, it manifests itself in, in so many ways the anxiety and and the um the worry
1: and you bring across very powerfully that it can sort of get so on top of you that you could feel helpless perhaps hopeless about what you could do and i think it might be a good moment to Are Sadie, as someone who has used the support of Christians Against Poverty. Sadie, does what John's talking about ring bells for you? Does it remind you just what it can be like to not want to open that letter or be so worried it's affecting your physical health?
3: Yes, definitely. When I was in, in, you know, before I got into Christians Against Poverty, the letter, I will put the letter down for weeks, actually, before, because I said, I knew what was in the letter and it was like, I was frightened to open it just to read what was in it. So I just put it down and leave it there and say, you know, and I was sort of not thinking about sorting it out. And then it got worse till I was being anxious and I got a bit stressed. So I said to myself, one day I woke up and I said, I'm going to open it now. And then I'm going to go and sort it out. And that's when I went to Christine's again. I rang them up and they made me feel really, oh, I could sort it out. But because I was worried about it and anxious and stressed and stuff, it actually I felt, I can't even explain how I felt. It just was a horrible feeling. It wasn't nice at all.
1: It sounds like a feeling of, of sort of intense dread. Yes. Where even though you kind of know what's in that letter, Nonetheless, it fills you with dread or horror.
3: Yeah, it did. That's how I really felt. And they were piling up, you know, they were getting on top of each other. And then because they kept writing me and ringing me, oh, it was that just sort of got on my nerves, you know, and I'm like, oh, I can't take this anymore. It was so pressure. It was like they were pressuring me. So I was leaving it. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to leave it because it's, you know, I need to survive and this thing is, driving me crazy. So that's when I decided now it's got on top of me. And the letters was big piles. I said, I'm going to, this is my time to sort it all out.
1: And John, it sounds like there must be a moment for lots of people who know those letters are there, or we've discussed those worries are sort of growing in their mind, where somehow they're going to find that bit of courage that enables them to look at what's in the letter or to reach out to people who can support them, like Christians Against Poverty. Have you learned anything about what it is that might help people sort of get to that moment where they can find some courage, feel some hope that there might be a better way of dealing with those issues? It's getting to that point,
2: isn't it? You touched on it there that it's getting that courage it's getting a sense of that i I need to take control i need to address this this can't go on any longer and how you get to that point it it can vary for any individual but it is just a a case of just i suppose realizing that the support is is out there that it's a non-judgmental that it actually really does work and almost getting through any barriers of, of, of pride, it might be fear, and just getting past that somehow. I mean, there's there's a client that uh, I spoke to this week, and he had a few opportunities to do to, to get in touch with us. I suppose the first time was when his sister, he really does value her advice, said, oh, I hear about Christians Against Poverty, they're, they're really great, give them a call. Uh, and he didn't do it at that point. And then, uh, then he saw Martin Lewis on TV, and, and, and I love Martin Lewis, I'm sure lots of your listeners will know him and he says there's a lot of non-profit charities that are really good and and this is what he he said when this guy heard it and I, and I totally agree with that by the way if if you're in debt and if you've got any issues a cool step change go to the citizens advice bureau anybody you know there're lots of good people that can help um but what Martin Lewis went on to say and what this client heard was that if you're struggling emotionally and you actually want someone that's going to hold your hand at the same time and if you can't cope, thinking about your debts just overwhelms you. Then he said, go to Christians Against Poverty. And I think that is what we do That that is probably a little bit unique to us. We tend to go that extra mile. We go into people's houses if they're comfortable and we will sit and open the letters for them. We'll sort the information and we'll just give them that confidence that they're not alone, that we're with them and we're journeying with them. We take that extra bit of time, I suppose. And so he ended up going, um, it was one of his ex-colleagues because he'd he'd been off work with an industrial injury. And one of his colleagues said, I'm not going to stop bugging you till you call the Christians Against Poverty. It took that, it took sort of three prompts for him to get there. And I suppose the message I would say to to anyone listening is is don't wait till it's the third time because it will just cause you more worry you know give somebody whether it's another debt center or give us a call we'd love to help
1: that's also a powerful endorsement when you've got someone like Martin Lewis recognizing that for people who need that deeper connection with someone who's going to support them on that journey be with them going through the the different steps to something more hopeful and better sounds great and and clearly I mean I should say we'll ensure at the end of this podcast that we we give people links to the range of resources but make sure Everyone knows Christians Against Poverty are there to support them too. I I guess, Sadie, from your perspective, you talk about discovering Christians Against Poverty and and how important that was in, in your journey. How did you find out about them? How did you kind of make that connection?
3: You know what? It was years ago I was in some debts and I did go to Christians Against Poverty again. And a friend of mine, she had some debts and she said, she had this piece of paper and she said, "Oh." Christians Against Poverty, I'm going to try them. So she tried them and I said, she gave me the number and because I was seriously like John say, all I did was made the letters piled up and then I saw the number and I rang them and through the friend, you know, it was like, I need to do it, but I couldn't do it. Something was stopping me. And then when I rang them, it was like, they were, they took it when John came and he talked to me, I felt... I felt relieved because he explained everything to me. And like he said, I gave him the letters and he read them. Because I wasn't reading it and stressing myself out and he was reading it, I felt a bit better. You know what I mean? And like it was three stages, he said. And when it came to the last stage, but it was the fact that they do hold your hand at the same time and they make sure you feel, you know, they reassure you are going to get sorted out and they're there to help. So... That was my journey from my friend telling me that number. They've just been a my backbone, if I can say that. Actually, it was like I a relief. It was like it came off my head and I didn't really think about the letters until they would ring me and say, such and such, I need to bring such and such. And like you said, I've been to other debt people, but it was like, okay, we'll ring them up and that's it. But with Christians Against Poverty, it's like they you know, they're carrying you along and they're helping you and they make sure everything was in order, you know, like your debts, your food. I can just recognise that guys um, being in that position. So yeah, that's how I found them out. And it's been an amazing journey. They made me feel like there's a way out of it. You know what I'm saying? So there's an end to this journey because it was not a awful I didn't even want to get out my bed some days you know but because of them I saw a light at the end of the tunnel that it's is gonna work for me and like I said I wish I'd met them years and years and years you know when I had the children when they were young and to help me with this thing I said where have they been all my life you know so it's been an amazing journey with them
1: yeah well it certainly sounds from you both that waiting only increases your suffering and for anyone listening who is worried you know to pick up that phone make that connection would be a, a really good thing to do
3: definitely
1: it does strike me john that as we often find on the good thinking podcast the issue of what we call stigma, really, where people might feel ashamed about a mental health difficulty. We even heard recently about when people are being bullied, they, they can often feel worried about and, and ashamed or embarrassed about the fact that it's, it's happening, even though they're the victim of a, of a situation. Is that one of the barriers, do you think, around money worries and debt that, and I'm thinking particularly with COVID and the fact that all sorts of people are going to be affected who may have had good incomes as well as mortgages and other things. I mean, is this sort of issue of shame and stigma something that can be a part of that difficulty reaching out and finding the support that is there that, uh, as Sadie powerfully describes, can really lessen the burden and share with someone the strain of it all?
2: I think one of the interesting bits of research that CAP's done with the latest data is suggesting that only 7% of our new clients are actually aged between 18 and 25. But yet we know that the average client household owes almost 17,000. And and on average, it takes people 30 years to repay their debt. So we, we know there's people out there with debt. And it's one of the things is that younger age group doesn't seem to be um, necessarily engaging and, and and calling. And I suppose, yes, I think stigma is is a part, I think, what, what people will think of them. In fact, one gentleman I spoke to again this week, he said that he just had a really difficult experience with an agency that he called about his debt. And, and I, like I say, I'm a big fan of all agencies. I do think there's some brilliant ones out there. But his particular example was real. And that's where someone told him off for spending too much money on, on something as he went through his bills and he said he just felt yeah. awful he felt yeah. judged and I suppose the the stigma that would come with that people would think oh what are people going to think of me and then also you do touch on the scenario of where people in co- because of covid who had perfectly good jobs and suddenly they find themselves in this situation and there is that Potential? Why am I? Why am I in this place? And and I don't. I can't admit and own up to that. And that's really hard for people. And I totally get that. We had a client I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. She'd lost one of her jobs because of COVID. She had another one. She was a dinner lady, and that one just went. And and another gentleman that I think I mentioned him had an industrial accident. He had a really good job for, for twenty years, and now he finds himself in this situation so it's not exactly COVID but there'll be lots of other people that would have gone through the same thing having a good job and then having to reach out and he found it within himself I he's, think he's quite a humble guy and he's like you know I, I need help I'm just going to reach out and, and access that so yeah you're absolutely right Richard it's it can be a barrier and it is just people need to find it within themselves to, to accept it. And I suppose know that they're not going to be judged and that Christians Against Poverty help everybody, regardless of any background or any um, situational circumstance. And we will, will listen and we will do everything we can to, to walk with them all the way through until they're debt free. And perhaps knowing that and understanding what the, the service can be like will help them work their way around any sort of sense of stigma.
1: That's incredibly helpful, John. And it reminds me that in mental health, one of the things that really can help somebody recover, whether it's from anxiety or a low mood or or whatever, really, is some degree of self-compassion where... It's actually an act of kindness towards yourself to reach out for help and let someone do something for you that could lead you through such a a difficult experience. But you capture so well with that example of just how easily the shame might become a barrier to that and, and then you might go back to just letting the letters pile up. I guess there was Sadie from your positive experiences from working with John and Cap that it really can lead to something better. And I wonder if you could share with us what it was like going through that process and coming through and how different life was for you having engaged with Cap.
3: After I did pick up the phone and and John said I felt harassed, you know what I mean? Because it was like, you're harassing me and it started to, and when I picked the phone up and rang the Christians against poverty and they said, Oh yes, you've got an appointment, you know, it's such and such a day. Yeah. Getting my appointment and talking to John. You know what? It well, he was so easy going. So I felt relaxed because he never judged me. You know what I mean? You know, people judge you because you've got that. So John was like, you know, even when he looked at it, I'm thinking he's gonna think, Why say they all this, you know, got all these bills. But he was so calm. It just took him, it put him on the computer, and you know, I felt elated by the fact that he took all that stress out of me. So I could relax, because I wasn't relaxed before that. Then I found I could, you know, go to the shops and buy myself something, you know, and it was amazing that I could do that because before that, I couldn't do that because I had to put pay these people and you know, and it was like more and more. But after, like I said, I was really relaxed with John and it was so nice. You know, even when I left out the day, he had this pile of papers and it was like something lifted off my head. And I said, thank you. You know, thank you, Lord, for John. And yeah, he was the one what made me feel really, really relaxed. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, this is easy. You know, why didn't I come in? You know, it felt like... The way he was saying it, it was like, it's not a problem. But in my mind, it's a problem. But he like sorted my problem for me. So he, he's such a calm guy, you know. He doesn't judge, you know, like he's not judgmental. He, he was just, I can't even explain it. But I felt good coming out of there, leaving all the papers with him. And I didn't have to look at it again. Or they still carried on ringing a bit before, you know before they actually realised I'm um, with Christians Against Poverty now. So so when I rang up one of them, they said, oh, yeah, we see it on the computer, you know, and it was it was nice to know and that you're going to stop harassing yeah. me. But I have got a good journey with them now.
1: Well, it sounds like it was great to have somebody in your corner and helping with those calls and harassments. Yeah. But I guess we should say, John, despite this glowing testimonial from Sadie, there are... Other good people working for Christians against poverty. Oh, absolutely! God, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going red here. I'm um, hearing, saying,
2: mean your lovely words," but they are. It is the same, and we have over 50 frontline workers in London, and. 2,000 people go debt-free each year, and I'm sure there are many that are much better and kinder and, you know, more compassionate than me. But I think um, that is generally what you're going to get. You're going to get someone, as Sadie's described, that's not going to judge you, that is going to have compassion, that will go the the extra mile. And, you know, some of the things that, that I end up doing that I know my colleagues would do is we'll signpost to other places, to, to mental health charities if need be, to um, to the food bank. I mean, almost everybody needs a food bank voucher, unfortunately. We also would get them things like the, the water aid, the, the reductions that you can get from Thames Water and the Winter Fuel Allowance and other things like the the, the vouchers you can get, to or get the the free food vouchers. Trying to think of the name of them. If you've got a a child that's under the age of four, I think it is, and you want benefits, you can get these vouchers, I think.
1: I guess the important thing is to emphasise that there are practical supports as well, although there's a great deal of emotional support for someone who's struggling with debt, you're not just emotionally supporting them through that that recovery. Exactly right, yeah.
2: The healthy start vouchers was, was what I was yeah. trying to think of. And you're right, so the, we do sort of tend to go the extra mile, that's right, yeah, the, the, the emotional support and the practical support.
1: And so, uh, Sadie, right through that process, is, is life much better, having been through that journey with John? Yes,
3: it's like even when it was mm. dark, because it's winter, but the sun was shining to me and I'm like, walking like I'm on a bounce. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good journey now because I know that's in their hands and I don't have to deal with it. And there's phone calls have stopped. I'm stopped and they've stopped harassing me. Like I say, if I if I get a letter, they say just send it to them and I just put it in the post and send it. And I feel a lot better. Um, Actually, it's like it's not there anymore, but it's there, but it's sorting out.
1: And I think if any of us as psychiatrists or psychologists were able to let people feel as good as you seem to be feeling at this point, having dealt with that, I think we'd be feeling pretty pleased with our our work. So I guess when you do come through on that journey, are you also able now to perhaps sometimes have something for yourself, you know, which when you were repaying all those sort of massive um, debts, I mean... Is, is there something else that you can now give yourself that might be a, a bit of a treat for all that hard work and courage? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was. It felt like hard work. It felt, really did. Uh, but yes, I can actually go in the shop now and say, sit down and buy myself a coffee or something and relax. Or because coffee to me buying a coffee when I was in debt was expensive. I'm thinking two pound fifty for a coffee. So really and truly. You know, I can do that now. And it's like, I feel like like these people are shopping, you know, and it's really nice. It's a nice feeling just to be out of debt or being harassed or, you know, stressed. So that's really a nice feeling. I would say £2.50 for a coffee. That, to me, that's a lot of money. But that was one of the things I could do for myself, yeah.
1: Makes me think, John, that when people are struggling with debt, in the way Sadie describes, they kind of get excluded from society, from the world, because they're all the time trying not to spend. And and you describe beautifully, Sadie, just being able to go out, have a coffee, sit down in a social space where there are other people and be part of the world again. Is that one of the changes that can happen when people get on top of these debt issues? Yeah, absolutely. uh,
2: the, The sad I suppose the sad thing you,
1: you see when you're in the
2: moment of helping people out there is one of the things we do is this fact find exercise where we try and get a really good insight as to what a client's situation yeah. is, and you would see yeah. their expenditure and their income and their outgoings, and we talk about how much they spend on food and how much they spend on travel and <clears throat> etc. and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things we also ask is around leisure and what they spend on leisure, and so often yeah. people will say, "I'm nothing," mm. and I have to really coerce them and maybe five pounds every every two or three months and they don't have anything for themselves and as you will know you know Richard in your with your expertise and, and and your listeners will know uh mental health and and yourself with being being you talked a bit about being kind to yourself and what can you do for yourself and that helps you when you're when you're really struggling to be able to just do what Sadie suggested and have a coffee or just treat yourself for something nice and we always try and if possible, leave something in, in the budget that we create for our clients. Once they go debt-free, we give them a budget. We try and find something for, in the leisure because we think it's so important. But yeah, when they're going through that debt, there just isn't anything. And then afterwards, once they're debt-free, and often there's things like benefit overpayments that just will now no longer be there. Obviously, the repayments of the debts themselves no longer need to be there. Once they're debt-free, there is just suddenly this extra money. Uh, and also they save with cat. We offer them the opportunity to save while they, while they're going debt free. Uh, we put a little bit aside for them so they can access that money afterwards um, or jewelry. Yep. but just to have a bit of money uh, yeah, they are it just changes everything. They can socialize they can go out and meet people again. They could potentially if they if they're doing really well, they could join the gym or something and that is so good for for people's mental health. I guess when you're thinking about it and when you're in this moment of just being crushed by the debt and you don't want to ring up and make that call, try and think about the other side when you will actually be able to, to go and be able to meet people, once obviously COVID permitting, and just spend a little bit of money on yourself. And, and maybe that's a motivation to start with this journey getting out of
1: debt yeah i think that's a really good point people can have those goals of just being able to do something that's really enjoyable or pleasurable whatever that is and it's such a lovely example say if just a cup of coffee and sitting down and, and enjoying it just the outrageous price of two pounds fifty <laughs> it's something that <laughs> that you could spoil yourself with <laughs> so it's, it's a really lovely example and so important is not it? this is about a return to life it isn't just about getting rid of the bad it's about making the future, a positive, enjoyable place to be. Yes. Such a good message. I think we could talk and talk, but I'll also say at this point that we will have a further podcast with Christians Against Poverty, which will have a bit more of a focus on those practical areas, John, that that we've touched on. So people not just know that you're there and all that fantastic support that you're offering uh, through the journey of recovery, but also just some of the ideas of some of the different things that might help someone understand. There are practical, as as I say, as well as those psychological supports. So thank you both. But we do tend to end our podcasts with a little bit of a, a, a lighter sort of moment to try and help our listeners connect with you both a bit better and and perhaps know you at a deeper level. And I think John, we will um, also have to sort of manage this rave review that we've got for you now so you may be finding people reaching out very very quickly after this uh, podcast but um, what we ask you to do is to think about the experience of lockdown and You know, We're all familiar now, as we're in lockdown three at the time of this recording, with the frustrations and the limitations. If you could, at the start of any lockdown, have chosen three famous or prominent people to take into uh, lockdown with you, who would you have taken? Sadie, do you want to share with us first who you think would have made lockdown a more positive experience?
0: Um, Well,
3: obviously, because... um is calm. I'll take John, one of them. And <laughs> of course. <laughs> I would take of the papers, maybe Pierce because Piers Morgan, because he gives it, you know, and it, he'll keep you going with his talking. And he makes me laugh.
1: He, he <laughs> will, yeah.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> so many grandchildren, and my um, my second to last one, Zavion, he makes me laugh. He thinks he is... Because when he does something, you laugh about what he does. He's only one and a half, but the things he does, you know, he's famous in my eyes. But I've chose right. chose P- Pierce Morgan as my favorite favorite. Um, he's so comical. He makes me laugh, and he he makes my day. You know, when you get up in the morning yeah. and you're a bit, oh, he yeah. does things, and you just laugh about it. So that's my three people. I just want to be. They would make me happy, and I want happy people around me. So there's many more, but, you know, three of them. That's
1: the three. Yeah. I'd be up for that. Yeah, speedy. yeah. Well, well, I was, I was going to ask you that, John, whether you and Piers Morgan would be a comfortable... Well, I mean, it would be an interest. Little... Well, um... <laughs> uh, but um, it sounds like when you've had just a bit too much of Piers, uh, John yes. Taylor would bring his calmness yes, and, and oh. give, give you a bit of a, a, a sort of chill moment. So that's, that sounds like a, a very nice combination. And then with your your grandson also bringing some some spontaneous laughter. would be lovely. John... Piers morgan seems to be already almost in the mix with you right? but uh would you choose a, a different group possibly yeah i
2: mean i mean i've got to say sadie <laughs> oh, now tonight, um who, I, I love sadie and um, we've, we've got to know each other really well and we've got a yeah. great relationship so sadie come come along with me as well then um okay. Do you know, if if I am there with peers, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Dan Walker, the, the the breakfast host, because those two are at it all the time on Twitter, and I think that could be quite comical to see their interactions. Yeah. I, I really like Dan Walker. I think he's a great guy, but they they don't see eye to eye necessarily, so that might be interesting. Uh-huh. I I would also bring Steve Coogan because I'm a big Alan Partridge fan, and I think he's hilarious. So that's your that's your comedy <laughs> to to keep you going. Uh, and obviously, if I can't bring you know wife and kids and all that, then. Um, I would go for a guy, if, if people know football, there's a there's a chap called Steve Koppel who used to play for Manchester United and he also managed my team, Reading, and he's an absolute hero of mine because he got us to the Premier League for the first time. So I would just probably talk, sorry Sadie, but I would just talk football the whole time and just find out how he did, what he did, get to know him. So okay. that, would be my well,
1: that, that sounds very nice. And that's a nice story as well of somebody who also helps a, a, a team to a really major achievement. And again, that journey of sort of overcoming all sorts of issues and and getting to a really good result sounds like quite a nice person to have around, somebody who knows how to get through tough times, I would think. You're both allowed to take some book, music, film, recording of a sporting event. Sometimes people choose that, John. Just to also, again, lift the spirits in lockdown. What would you choose, Sadie? Anything come to mind that you? Uh,
3: I'd bring the Bible because it's got so much. It makes you realize that life wasn't hard, but when you read it, it sort but it sorts out the problem if you know what I'm saying or what you want to do. So it makes you relax, and the stories are really, really interesting. You know, just reading from um, Genesis, it's like wow. So I think the Bible has always been my main. You know, I love the stories in it. So that's what yeah.
1: I think. Okay. And those stories are about very human mm-hmm. issues. So mm-hmm. from what that's you're saying, exactly help it. you understand and I guess also think about ways forward. Okay. That's a that's a nice choice. John, I don't know whether you're now going to feel as part of Christians against poverty, you have to take the Bible, but we can allow you to take other yeah, books. Or so I'm going to go very less more shallow Sadie, and
2: less yeah. deep than Sadie. I'm going to take my NFL game pass. I'm sorry, I've been a real sport geek here. So that's American football. So I'm going to take that because I'm just going to watch as much American football yeah. as I can, uh, particularly my my other team, Miami Dolphins. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to take some music. Uh, you know, I love I love Michael Jackson. So I'll probably take the, a bad album and, and probably play something like Thriller right. all the time and anything on that album just to to keep me um, entertained. Would that work for you, Sadie? Do you like Michael Jackson? Yes,
3: John.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think you might need to ask Piers Morgan as well at this point, both of you. (laughs) Not sure Piers and Michael are going to be the best bedfellows, but there you go. Um, And then finally, we're going to allow you some luxury. And I think, you know, given what we've been saying about all the hard work that you're both involved with and have been through, what's going to be that? something that will again just make lockdown a little bit easier Sadie I
3: love watching the the food shows so they make some lovely meals yeah you know like it looks gorgeous and you want to just be in there eating it so I think a lovely three course yep. meal would be an expensive one, an expensive one.
1: Indeed. We will get a top chef then yes. to send to you in lockdown yes. a fantastic three-course meal worthy of a TV show. And you you could really savour that. A um, bit more than a coffee, I think. So that sounds like a nice idea.
3: Even if they just bring it to the door and leave it, I can bring it in
1: and, and enjoy it. John, that's quite a good one to think of. But you can have anything, and it could even be something public health directors might not approve. Oh, wow!
2: Okay, (laughs) I'm trying to think what that might be. Do you know this is a bit of a geeky one? But I'm I'm a bit of a fan of, of tropical fish. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a hobby of mine, so it's a recent hobby, but it actually has really helped me in lockdown. I've loved just looking at them and rearranging, <laughs> rearranging the tank and putting the plants in and all the rest of it. So I'm going to go on a bigger scale. Then, if I can have a bigger, a bigger fish tank than one, I've got a really massive one, um, maybe with marine fish, so you get better colours. And yeah, I'm just going to play with the fish, make them look nice, oh, and just watch them, and that's going to really relax me and keep me keep me
1: chilled over lockdown. Yeah, it sounds like a good antidote as well to Dan Walker and Piers Morgan <laughs> kicking off in, in the next room. I'm
2: already, already regretting <laughs> that, that. So, yeah, amazing. you're going you're to chill and
1: watch some, some fish, you know, swim gently about and all those beautiful colours and sounds and so on just to, to relax. So that sounds like a, a very sensible one. Whilst um, I, I don't know whether, Sadie, you're going to be sharing oh, no. your food with John, but... Just just a little bit. Oh, maybe I'll change it a bit. You can
3: have a tiny bit.
1: Right. Well, thank you both so much. That's been a really lovely account of just where people start from when they're worried about debt and money. And we can hear in every word, Sadie, how much you feel you're in a better place. I think you said at the beginning, the sun is shining now, even in the winter. It's such a powerful story that will help, I hope, other people contact either Christians Against Poverty or whoever they're they're comfortable reaching out to. And, and John, huge admiration for all the work you're doing, I think, in mental health. We absolutely need people like yourself to be practically supporting as well as emotionally. It's, it's, it's been fantastic talking to you both. And yes. when we do get out of lockdown, you've got good things going on too. So thank you again. Thank you for
3: having us. You too. Thank you.